When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. For anyone that hasn't heard about your story, about your relationship, could you give us a little recap? Okay, so to cut a very long story short, um, I started getting into spirituality and mediumship back in 2010 after my son died. And um, after a few years um, of, of doing it and feeling pretty experienced, um, I encountered a spirit that came through to me um, who was the, the ghost of a 300-year-old pirate. Um, over a long period of time, um, myself and him got close and um, got very, very close. <laughs> and um, he wanted to have a spiritual relationship with me. So after doing some research into it, I realized that this was actually a thing that you could do, that you could actually have a relationship with somebody who was dead. And I was the first person in this end of the world, shall we say, um, to, to actually legally marry um, a spirit. So that all took place back in 2016, quite a long time ago now. For what exactly is involved with a relationship with someone who has passed over or passed on? Well, that's a very, very uh, big question. I mean, pretty much it's the same as having a relationship with a physical person, except that, that you know, the person isn't physically there. Um, communication is all done in the form of mediumship. Um, and obviously it's a spirit entity so it's all energy and it's feeling the energy of the person touching you just like very often people will be in a haunted location and they'll say oh i felt something touch me or you know sometimes they'll feel like they had a hug from from a loved one that passed over or whatever so it's that kind of energy work it's not like um that you actually physically see things that aren't there or you hear voices or anything like that right okay so for somebody who might know too much about the, the person or the entity that you did wind up in a relationship with and legally married who were they or what did you know about them right well in the fir- the very first instance um he he had tried to communicate with me a couple of times and i had ignored him and then when i finally decided to communicate he told me that he was dead he just said i'm dead you know and i was like yeah i know that so then he introduced himself as jack sparrow teague and that he was a pirate from the 1700s so initially obviously i was very skeptical and didn't really believe this because i was in the process of writing a book about piracy at the time and i also did some work um uh, as a pirate in person so obviously there's two ends of the stick there it's either well I'm completely losing my mind here or or this is an, an evil entity or a negative entity pretending to be something that they're not just to draw your attention yeah. because you know demons and negative entities can do that so after a long period of time of verification and communicating with the spirit on a regular basis I finally believed what he had said um, mainly because he had said his surname was Teague and he told me that if I searched through my family tree that I would find that there was Teague in my ancestry and, and I did 
So when he had told me that, somehow or another, I believed him that he was who he said he was and he was all, you know, love and light, as they say. But yeah, sadly, that wasn't the case. Can I just interrupt really quickly? It's, it's probably a really stupid sure. question, but how, you know, when you're saying you're communicating with uh, the spirit and they're telling you about themselves, can you just explain how? Well, I mean, anybody that, that practices mediumship will know there's different forms of mediumship. So mental mediumship is, is the most common form. So you kind of more or less get yourself into a form of meditation, but not a deep meditation. And you learn to block off what your own mind is telling you. And you open yourself up to spur communication. And then you you don't hear the voices. So they're like thought forms that, that develop in your mind. And the, the spirit is communicating with you what they want to see. Sometimes it's images. Sometimes it's words. Sometimes it's sentences. Depending on the medium and depending how experienced you are. Okay, that makes more sense to me. Because I was thinking, are you hearing this voice coming at you? Or is it all in your head? Or what way you go about it? Okay, fair enough. Interesting. Well, as I said, you know, I mean, it, it's pretty much done in the same as, you know, if somebody goes to a medium for a reading from a loved one and depending on the medium, they will get messages in different ways to, to relay on to that person. So it was just literally that these messages were for me and not for anybody else. So, I mean, a lot of mediums obviously would not communicate with spirits that old, but then they're not being asked to. Yeah. They, they're 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 there to communicate with somebody you know that's just recently passed over. So um, in my case, it just happened that that it was an older spirit who came through. Amanda, you took then obviously the, this relationship to the to the next level and actually you know had a full wedding, had a proper wedding ceremony, and and obviously legally married a ghost. But how did the relationship then start? How did married life start off then after you got married? Well, yes, we we got um, a legal registrar who's also practices shamanism, and he was kind of familiar with the fact that, that people do have relationships with spirit um, and I discovered that it was quite common actually when I talked to other people that, that that practiced you know magical arts and mediumship I wasn't the only one I'm the only one really that went ahead and, and married them but yeah so it all went good well the wedding day there was a couple of disasters but I didn't really pay much heed to that. About two weeks after the wedding, I started to get health problems. I mean, I was really, really healthy before that, never, ever sick, hadn't been on antibiotics in years. And it, it was just these niggling health problems. I kept getting bowel abscesses. I started to get psoriasis on my skin. I went into early menopause. So it just all these health problems started to, to mount up. And about three months into the relationship, I mean, because... I, I had done this and I knew the signs of possession, the signs of spiritual attachment and stuff like that. And a lot of the things that were happening to me were, you know, were symptoms of that. So I went back to, to people that I knew, you know, that I felt were more experienced than me. And everyone who communicated with Jack told me he was like lovely spirit, all of love and light, wouldn't harm me. So I just put it down to, you know, stuff happens in life or whatever. And, you know, and, and just put those thoughts out of my head. So this went on and on, and my health was just getting worse and worse progressively. Then my dog Toby died, um, and I had asked Jack to, that when Toby crossed over, that he would keep Toby with him until I got there, you know, until it was my time. And when Toby crossed over, Toby wouldn't go to him. He was very aggressive towards him, and I very much believe that animals are very intuitive about, you know, about spirits and even about people. And this was another red flag to me. But again, Jack came up with an excuse why this had happened. So like anybody <laughs> that's in a relationship that wants to kind of believe what their partner is telling them, I believed him again. So this kept going on. So there was a, a short period where Jack and I had fallen out and we didn't communicate or connect for about a month. And in that period of time, in that month, my health dramatically improved. So yeah, so at that point, 
I was really, at that point, I was, there's something in this. Mm. And Jack and I got back together again. And within a week, I became really, really seriously ill. I ended up with sepsis uh, 2nd of June last year, and I almost died. That sounds difficult. Like, I would have thought that maybe, because I've had problems in relationships with, you know, when you're in a really toxic relationship, you're fighting all the time. Probably similar to what you're experiencing, but I would have thought when it's a spirit, then it wouldn't have been as, I, I guess, as bad, really, because, you know, when you're with someone in person, it's much easier to kind of things get heated or whatever. Well, that's what I would have imagined. But obviously you're experiencing the exact same thing. Toxic relationship. Yes, exactly. A toxic relationship. Um, And again, the same as if you're in a physical relationship and you know that toxic things are happening and there's all these signs here, you still can choose to ignore them. And most times you do choose to ignore them until it gets to a point where you can no longer ignore them. And I guess it was really the same for me in the relationship with Jack is that you know, I just didn't want to believe that he was an evil spirit. And, and moreover, I guess I didn't want to believe that that I was fooled into believing this because I had a lot of faith in my own spiritual team. I had a lot of faith in paganism and spirituality. And at this point, I feel very, very much that, you know, after my son died, I was very much lured into this whole world of spirituality by all these people that, you know, were selling new age as as all being good and safe. And it really isn't. You know, there's a lot of negativity out there and there's a lot of, of negative attachments you can pick up. And I'm very open minded. I am far from, you know, the type of person that would preach, you know, to people, don't do this and don't do that. But, you know, I really feel that I wasn't warned that there was another end to it. And when I wanted to marry this spirit, like everybody was just going along with it and, you know, saying this is great. This is fine. And that warning me that what I was doing was really meddling with demons. What was the one final kind of straw for you that said, no, this guy is actually evil and I need to kind of separate? I think when I finally knew for sure, and again, I didn't even break up with him at that point, was when I went in for my emergency surgery in June, I had to take off my wedding ring. Now, my wedding ring had kind of been blessed and, you know, had his energy in it. I had to take my wedding ring off to go in for the surgery. And when I came back out from the surgery... Something just said to me, don't put it back on. And obviously, I do believe that that was my own protectors, my own guides um, that that were suddenly being able to get back in again because he was blocking them from communicating with me and from protecting me because your spiritual team won't protect you from your own stupidity. So I had allowed him to do, you know, to to, to basically attach to me. So um, so I didn't. And, you know, from that point on, things started to become a lot clearer. And I still at that point. I still didn't want to break up with him, um, but it got to the point now in November, um, I had the surgical wound would not heal up. I mean, for months and months from June to December, it was still open. And they were talking about at that point that I was going to have to have a colostomy bag because it just simply wouldn't heal. I was on antibiotics continuously the whole time, kept getting infection after infection. And when I went for the MRI in November, I. I just knew, I was like, I don't know if this is going to work or not, but I need to get rid of this attachment. And that's when I contacted the only person who had told me that what I was doing might be dangerous. And I just said to him, look, you know, it's a long shot at this point, but, you know, what can I do? So we decided um, again, um, to cut a long story short, that we would have an exorcism. And the exorcism was on December the 20th. After the exorcism, within three days, my wound started to heal up. And by January, when I went back to the hospital, 
it had completely and utterly healed up. Now, a lot of people will say that's a coincidence, and maybe it is. I'm not saying that it isn't, but it's a very strange coincidence that it, from June to December, it literally would not heal. And the minute I have the, the exorcism, it starts to heal up. So, I mean, I certainly wouldn't take any chances by, by having spirit communication again. Amanda, obviously when we hear the word exorcism, there's certain images, usually from the movie, that come to mind. But yeah. what, what was your, what, what did your exorcism look like? Well, honestly, I was geared up for it to be a lot worse than what it was because the only experience I ever had was seen in movies as well. So I was quite <laughs> scared, you know, with the thoughts of getting it done because, you know, I thought it was going to be like all really nasty stuff. It wasn't pleasant. It was more like a feeling of... <sighs> of getting something pulled out of you and like when when it was happening you could actually almost tangibly feel like something was getting pulled out of you so it was more unpleasant than 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 really dramatic it was more kind of chanting and drums and you know that sort of thing it wasn't really um as exciting as you might think <laughs> there's no levitating but, beds um, or anything but or... you could definitely feel that something was happening and you could definitely feel the energy was changing and the really strange thing about it too is that I was at this point so angry and so full of hate for the spirit that, you know, that I believed had made me so ill um, and pretty much ruined my life because, I mean, for, for months, you know, I really couldn't go anywhere. And I, I mean, it, it, I was like a woman of 80. It was terrible. I mean, obviously, you didn't see me every day. You don't know how sick I really was every single day. So the hatred I felt for him was unreal. So I couldn't wait for this to be over. But when 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 it was done, and after it was over, it was just like this incredible sadness and grief, like so, like something was missing out inside of me. You know, it was like something had been taken out, something had, you know, a body part. So that's kind of how I know that, it, like, it was definitely such a strong attachment, you know, because it was so much inside me that when it was gone, I felt like empty. It was like something really, really had gone. It was a great relief. But yeah, I was very surprised at the way it affected me. Um, I thought that I would have been really, really pleased about it. But yeah, I mean, I'm just really lucky, I guess, that, you know, that I did manage to, that I did manage to, to realise, I guess, you know. And Amanda, when was that? How long ago was your exorcism? December. And since then, all has been improving drastically. Absolutely. Yeah, the, the wound or the fistula started to heal up. And I went to the hospital in January and they checked it over. And the junior doctor actually called in the senior doctor because she was actually so shocked. <laughs> Um, because it like had been bad for so many months and he was like yeah I don't see anything there at all it looks to me like it's completely healed so so yeah pretty much since then I mean from the surgery I have been left with um, fecal incontinence which is not very pleasant at 46 years of age but you know a lot of people I think it's over 50% of people who actually get sepsis from bowel abscesses actually don't survive so I guess that's a small price to pay for, for still being here. And I've managed to, to, to become stronger. And here's another thing as well, this, another coincidence. Um, do you remember I said right after we got married, I went into early menopause? Yeah. Mm. On Christmas Day, five days after the exorcism, my periods came back. No, they did not. <laughs> yeah. That's mad, isn't it? So, yeah. So that's a couple of strange coincidences. Mm. The psoriasis is all healed up pretty well, too. Um, so yeah, I mean, literally since December, I've been just improving and just getting better and stronger every day. And I'm more or less back now to the person that I was before any of it happened. And can I just ask you, obviously you've had a relationship with guys, human beings, I guess, that are alive and well. Um, mm -hmm. what, like, 
I guess if you're going out with a spirit or you're married to a spirit and, you know, you're spending a lot of time on your own, physically on your own and um, mm-hmm. they're not there for a hug for to be intimate with or whatever would that do you think have put you into a very dark place as well or have you noticed any difference between when you when you say went out with the, with the with the guy as opposed to going out with the spirit well for a lot of years i've struggled a lot with my orientation i wasn't really sure if i was straight or gay or or what i was so i've struggled for a long time with my sexual orientation and i guess i kind of came to a point where i i i identified more as being on the asexual or demisexual um, spectrum and I think that's why the spiritual relationship appealed to me first of all because you know I I was into all this spirituality and second of all because it wasn't a physical body it was more to do with energy and people that are asexual or demisexual it it isn't about the physical body that's kind of the barrier really yeah Um, so I think that's why a spiritual relationship suited me but I also feel very much that society kind of makes us feel like we need to be part of a plus one yeah and you know and you feel like you're missing out on something or you feel like you're the odd one out if you're not. And, you know, especially being asexual, you are more inclined to want to be on your own, but you, there's still this draw, I should be in a relationship. So I guess, you know, this couple kind of with the religious beliefs and all that, you know, kind of led me into into having a spiritual relationship. And the way I look at it now, I'm just, I am happier on my own. I've always been happier on my own. And it's about time I just stood up and said, you know what? Like, you don't need to be part of a plus one. You know, I I rescue dogs. I've got my dogs. I have, um, well, most of my children are grown up. I only have one still, you know, young. I, I don't actually need to be part of a relationship. And I mean, when you go to, to that extreme and it doesn't work out, you know, it's really kind of a wake up call to say, you know, what do you have to do to just accept yourself for who you are? Yeah, I get it. And it, like relationships are hard regardless of, of who they're with. Um, I am living on my own. I'm probably at that point where I think if I met somebody now, I don't think I'd want to live with them because I'm set in my ways and all the rest. So I, I, I am too. I'm very set in my ways. And honestly, with the amount of dogs I have as well, you know, trying to bring a physical person to that I situation. know. I have a cat. I feel your pain. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure. And I think that's why the spiritual relationship worked. I was part of a relationship but he wasn't physically there bothering me in a sense. Well, or so I thought, you know. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, I think that end of things really, really worked for me in a sense. You've tried everything. I think I've learned my lesson. Yeah, (laughs) you've done everything, which is the main thing. You've tried everything once. (laughs) Well, that's it, you know. I mean, there's not too many people that can say they tried to have sex with a spirit, you know what I mean? So, yeah. (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely not, Amanda. Before we let you go, and again, thanks a million for talking to us this evening, but for any advice for anyone who might might be going down a similar path to you, maybe getting involved with the whole side of the the spirituality and and thinking about things like that. What advice would you have for them? I would just say, look, be really, really careful. You know, so many people will sell you, you know, this whole new age theory that it's all love and light and all these tarot cards and all this sort of thing and these seances, they're all really, really super safe. They really aren't, you know. There is another end of it. There is a negative end. There is an evil end. I wouldn't tell somebody, you know, don't follow your spiritual path. But just be really careful. And if somebody is not telling you about the other end and how to protect yourself properly, then just run a mile. You know, unless somebody is giving you a balance that, look, there's both. But, you know, this is how to avoid, you know, getting into trouble. I would just stay clear. You know, people are happy to take your money. They really are, you know, and they were happy to take my money and tell me what I wanted to hear. But, um, 
you know, in the long run, you know, it, it'll cost you a lot more if you don't, if you don't be careful, really, I guess. Brilliant. Well, Amanda, thanks a million for popping on again. And I suppose uh, look after yourself. Well, thank you very much for having me. It's nice talking to you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.